0: all right hello everybody michael mcginnis the ripple effect fantastic session last time well received well viewed and an encore session today to an earlier session that we had on healing in fact we had a couple of sessions on healing you know one talking about permissions and that aspect of healing healing as a concept and today we're actually going to talk to talk about healing with ourselves and to others with respect to illnesses, disease, and things that we're really dealing with. And since we're fortunate to have two who have well-versed and experienced in this way, we're going to start off with Bruce and Tom, and then Richard and I will share some various thoughts and ideas and stories that we're aware of with respect to other healing techniques. So Bruce, you want to kick it off?
1: Well, sure. Uh, Thanks, Michael. Um, yeah, I mean, health is, uh, is a huge concept. I mean, we all want to have good health. Um, we don't always things, uh, you know, appear challenges appear in our, our health for one reason or another. Um, I'm sure there's always a reason. Um, but I think the, uh, the, uh, the big one right now of course is probably cancer there's so many people who have cancer and and um, you know and it's a diff- it's a difficult thing there's so many different approaches uh, that people have towards cancer uh, different cultures have different approaches Western medicine has its own approach that has been heavily criticized um, you know with, with basically um the chemicals and 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 various things that are used to overpower and kill cancer cells. Um, my own experience, I, I've had two two types of uh, cancer: uh, uh, colorectal and uh, prostate cancer. Um, so it's something that I've had a lot of time to ruminate on and reflect upon. And even with the first one, um, I decided that cancer was going to be my companion. And it was not going to be my master. I decided that I would have a say in things and I really believe that I didn't I didn't give in to depression i didn't give in to to uh, doubts um i decided that i would go with the western medicine approach and uh and still be as positive as i could possibly be Um, so i went i went through the chemotherapy and survived that and as far as i know the colorectal uh is in remission uh, and, and as far as I'm concerned, I'm done with it. So I still have the uh, prostate cancer to deal with. And what I wanted to share with you uh, was something I happened to catch on a, a Hay House um, um, symposium that they had. And uh, you know, lots of great speakers as they always have. But a particular woman who, who caught my ear was uh, her name was Kelly Turner. Uh, She's a PhD, Uh, best I I can recall, I I know she's published, Um, best I can recall, um, she was a medical student and then she decided to research cancer patients and then became really interested in those patients who had serious stage four, stage five disease and yet seemingly miraculously um, had remissions. And when I listened to everything she had to say, it, it really caught my ear. There were a lot of common things that uh, um, I thought, I, you know, some of which I had already been doing and, and others that uh, I hadn't thought of, but made a lot of sense to me. So I, I'd be willing to talk about those more. But I think, Tom, you were going to say something?
2: Well, Uh, Yeah, but we were talking a little bit before we kicked on here. Um, I have been dealing with prostate cancer this past year and had the diagnosis sometime around October, um, November, something like that. Um, And there was a time period where you didn't know, you know, where you do the biopsy and then you're waiting to hear what the result is. And you go through this whole thought process. Well, how bad is it? You know, how bad could it be? And you, you get into the fear mode, and that was the hardest part for me, <laughs> really. Mm-hmm. Once the treatment started, it was it was, um, you know, and I went through radiation, and uh, I'm going through the hormone therapy without all the details. But uh, during the radio, once I knew what was gonna be, and it was explained how it was gonna happen. I realized that I had started listening to Mother Mira uh she has a one o'clock uh meditation session, and my treatment was at one o'clock every day, <laughs> so I put Mother Mira on on my phone and had her sitting over there in the in the room where you take you know a bunch of stuff and her thing is just silent meditation for an hour um the treatment was is only as you know did you do radiation or did you just have operation yeah so that lasts very short time but it's like you know 15 minutes you're in and out so i use that time to focus the energy of the healing that they were attempting to do i mean the radiation is what they do rather than seeing that as hurting me i saw that as radiating you know just turning the imagery around like you're talking about to radiating the light or the energy out and to wherever it's needed and to to whomever it's needed and so it was really very healing for me because i felt like i was doing something positive to help people during the time that I was receiving treatment for, you know, uh, 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 cancer, so that that really helped me to to just turn that focus around, um, and think about how this uh, this enhanced my ability to radiate light and love to ev- to wherever it's needed in the universe. So that that was my experience with that. And actually, each day I went, I kind of looked forward to it. And it was over. It was kind of like, well, what can I do now? <laughs> you know, how do I keep this going? You know, I I need some treatments or something. You know, so I'm trying trying to set aside some time each day where where I can, because I mean, it, you know, w- once you have the treatment, it's in remission, and you take the hormone therapy, and that kind of knocks the wind out of you because you know all of your male testosterone testosterone is gone. Because that's what feeds the cancer. Uh, So I'm trying to deal with that, you know, with with this kind of more, uh, you know, energy less less energy, um, and wanting to be doing stuff. And your body changes and so forth. So I'm, I'm trying to use that again to think about getting in touch with my feminine. You know, and all the male stuff that we talked about this several weeks ago—the the whole the macho thing and the male thing—so really, it's an opportunity to maybe get in touch with my feminine side more, and to um, find ways that I can enhance enhance that, and rather than again feeling like well I'm I'm a wimp, you know, the feeling like well hey I'm just get in touch with that feminine part and and see how I can be more nurturing, so.
0: So, Tom, before we switch back to Bruce and he gives his list, can you give, you know, as best you can in words what you were doing in this visualization?
2: Well, the radiation is in seven areas and they mark you. They have a tattoo. Bruce, I'm sure you have three tattoos probably on you. Permanent little marks that they, they place on you and they start on one side and they go from you know, it goes like that. It goes all around these seven each places. So it was obvious, hey, I've got seven, you know, number seven. I'm going to focus a, ch- a chakra each time. So when it goes to number one, I'm radiating from the root chakra. When it goes to number two, radiating from second chakra, then the solar plexus, and then the heart, and the throat and the third eye and the crown. So each each of those, and they're very short, it's not it, less than a minute really for each one of those. But during the time that that was happening, I was fervently radiating uh, what I that energy. It's it like a channel or of light uh, radiating energy. So it was very powerful for me. And plus I had mother Mira on the side, you know, going, offering her energy. so because I know one of the things that she does, when she's radiating, when she's untangling your cords, she's sending you energy to wherever it's needed and however it's needed without judgment. It's here's what you need, here it is. And so that was a supplement to what I was doing, which was was simply thinking of trying to focus each area of my body, as an area of humanity that could be healed healing the earth healing the creativity healing power healing the heart healing expression healing insight so that we can see more clearly what we need to do and healing achievement you know and healing wisdom so it gave me a focus um, that way to be able to use that that experience that probably for a lot of people is frightening uh, to go through that. I mean, they they don't know what's happening and it's just very mechanical and they just sit there and and they're thinking again, how sick I am or how terrible this is or whatever. Um, And I felt it when I came in, because of my attitude about it, I was lighthearted, just like Richard, what you do. Lighthearted, of course, it was Christmas time. And so my last treatment was just uh, like December 23rd or something like that, and they had their Christmas party the last day I had my treatment, and so, it, you know, that's when they were giving gifts out to everybody, and they were they were in there doing their things. So I, well, this is the timing is just perfect on this, and so I was able to bring, I think, a, a, a happiness. For the people around me, people that were going through the treatments just before me, just after me, whoever's laying on the table after me, must have felt some of that. You know, the people that are doing all of that, appreciating them, thanking them, and being lighthearted about it so that they're not feeling depressed because they have to do this day in and day out for how many people, you know, over and over again. It must be hard on them to do that. To, to maintain that happiness because they they're dealing with people that are really frightened. So I feel like it it radiated a positive force during that time. And
0: so if I was to put it in terms of like people who you know have not done something like this before, is you know, rather than go in and having very common thoughts. In fact, Bruce is going to talk about some of those thoughts in this list coming up. Uh, but to have fear thoughts or, mm-hmm. you know, uh, despair thoughts uh, or whatever the thoughts may be, is, is to be specifically thinking fervently, as you said, a focused thought, loving thought, positive thought, upbeat thought, and in, in your mind, and see if I've, you know, captured it, if not put it in your words, if, in your mind is, is here are these this I'm getting radiation, so there's this rays actually coming in, and, and mm-hmm. I'm visualizing that those rays that are love are right. healing, right? And and so you're constantly just focusing on that. And again, I'm just putting it put it in mm-hmm. terms so that somebody can mm-hmm. grasp, But well, what do I do? And mm-hmm. and is that sort of yes along the lines?
2: Yes, instead of seeing it as an injury to your body, uh, or as a force of negative, you know that of of um, that I have a bad thing. It's using actually the energy of that as a kickstart, you know, as a battery charger to, to send that light out. Send, because radiation is a strong force, <clears throat> as we know. So turn it, use it for a positive influence to help heal others. It wasn't about healing me, it was about focusing that energy to radiate it out for the planet, for anybody who was who needing it. And especially the people there in the in the room waiting, the next person, or the people you know in the area, the t- treatment area, and, and that kind of thing. Um, so, you know, it helped me be, just because, you know, I wasn't as I was focused on something else other than me, my my predicament. But it also, I think, had an effect. I, I know it had an effect on others, uh, and if we would all treat it that way uh, whenever we have an illness or a sickness or a calamity or, a, and it doesn't have to just be illness. It can be situations that we use that as a way of healing um, to, to move past it. So we're not downtrodden about it.
3: Sitting there, you sitting there to, uh, get, giving love out to all the other people in the room. That's why I call you the real Santa Claus.
2: Well, you know, it's 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 just there, you know. You don't have to try and do that.
3: It's, yeah, it's... That's what makes it real. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so, I mean, yeah, I guess if there's a technique to helping people is, is to be more positive within yourself, you know. To, to yeah,
0: and use... I think what would be nice, too, is that I'm thinking of some future sessions. It would be great is to maybe we each bring in you know, and actually conduct a healing technique for for the viewers, right, for, and to, mm-hmm. to actually run through that. I think that would be great to hear it, see it, and, and have, have you guide it. So we'll switch I, back. Go it, ahead. Sorry.
2: It, very quickly. And the other part of that is the conversation we had before about death and dying, that if you're not afraid of dying, it certainly makes it a lot easier to do that. You know, if you're if, if you know that Death is not the worst thing that can happen to you. <laughs> you know.
0: Yeah. yeah uh, but no, please do. Is I a was great just gonna
1: meeting. say you're right to come from a place of love rather than a place of fear is so much more beneficial. I mean, we all we all have two sides to consider. There's what's within and what's without. And if we can really right the ship of what's within, then we can offer so much more to others with you know who are outside ourselves. And I've always felt like to receive a blessing or a benefit from someone's prayers. Um, it's, it's, it's a two-way street. When when I say my prayers, I feel like, you know, I'm, I'm sending out love, as you do yourself, Tom, and that that helps facilitate my own, my receptivity to receiving blessings. Yes, lessons. I agree. Uh, it's a two-way street, and to, to do something like that, And yes, I remember the same thing, uh, sitting in the waiting room, other people in the room who were very fearful, and uh, I tried to be as loving as I could. Um, It wasn't really the situation where I could speak to them, but I just, you know, was aware, very aware of them.
2: Yeah, I wasn't able to speak to anyone about this.
1: But uh, when I was on the table, I think it was like the third or fourth visit, I said, could you please let me know what you're doing, when you're doing it? So they would say, okay, now we're giving you radiation here. We're giving you radiation here so I could get that down. And like you, receiving it with love to let it be the, you know, do, you know, the best that it could do. And uh, but I really commend you for, you know, using that moment to send out. Broadcast your own love. That that's really that's that's brilliant. I, I really like that.
2: And that that's something that we can all do in any adverse situation. Yes. Use that adversity because by going through it, you're actually embodying the adversity and healing it. And I think that's what we're doing. Right. When we take an illness on, we're taking on the illness as an as a as whatever, as a saint or an avatar would do. They take on, like Jesus took on those energy, those healings. He took on stuff himself. Mother Mira probably does that in some way or another. And if you, knows what to do with it. Right. You know, they, they can take it on and then release it uh, in a way for you or, or for others. Nothing wrong for us to strive to be like those people, you know, and strive to do what they do. I mean, and I don't mean to take it on in the sense of infirmity, like we were talking about where Tom took on trying to heal somebody who he shouldn't have. He took right. it on. There's a difference there of what I'm talking about. It, it's more like taking it and getting rid of it, you know, not taking it in as much as transforming it, transmuting it.
3: The difference sure. would be in, in spiritual permission to do so. Yeah. You know, if, if the like, Tom, he did not have spiritual permission to do what he did. So yeah, he knew he, better. <laughs> oh, yeah. Right. He knew better. But yeah. someone like Mother Mira or whatnot, I am assuming they understand they have spiritual permission to take it on and then dissipate it, transform it, transmogrify it, whatever occurs to right. change the energy. Yeah.
2: It's implied because they wouldn't be there if that wasn't. know yeah they're they're going there for the purpose of healing so right yeah i
1: mean it's it's totally a non-ego thing that they do so there's there's no they're not in the driver's seat they're not telling it what to do they're just uh, tapping into spirit and sharing it and trying to 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 enlighten other people to accept it it's just spirit no, no, no motives, no, you know, contingencies. It's, it's totally unconditional. And I think that's when, you know, it's just pure, pure spirit, pure God.
2: And I think that's part of the priesthood. Uh, those of us who are in the order of Mel Gibson's chest. Remember that? <laughs> yes. Order of Mel Gibson's chest. Yes. <laughs> uh, oh, Too much fun. Um, the, the priesthood, it. it in part, is is a group of people intentionally coming into the planet during this time to be healers, to be um, to radiate love, and and to make a transformation. Help us make a lo- the Earth and the people on it to make that transformation. And part of that is taking our share of. Uh, whatever it is that we need to go through and literally transforming it within ourselves by acting on a fearless way of transformation, fearlessly transforming within ourselves the calamities and the pains and the worries and all of that that we take on as a human and finding ways to transform that and that in turn radiates to everyone around us and that's the ripple effect. And so it, it literally, um, we we are e- in each other, as we talked about last week, we are part of each other. So by taking it on literally through suffering and through worrying and through anxiety and through this and through that uh, trial, we overcome it. We, we, we move it. And I think that's that's the example that maybe somebody out there will that's grab great. a hold of.
0: Bruce, you want to share your list?
2: Sure.
1: Yeah. Again, uh, this is Dr. Kelly Turner's list of um, the things that she discovered in her research that were that in those rare instances, when somebody with uh, a a dire diagnosis of cancer suddenly has a, a spontaneous remission and is completely cured of the cancer. And uh, so these are, these are nine common things that she found that they all did. And so this is kind of the physician within heal thyself type of approach that these individuals had outside of, you know, Western medicine or or anything else for that matter. Um, One was uh, they all had a radical diet change. They stopped eating the the toxic foods. They, you know, ate more fruits and vegetables, uh, reduced the the meats and the sugars, uh, the uh, wheat and dairy, um, and they drank more filtered water, um, ate more organic things, uh, vegan diets or, you know, paleo diets, things like that. Another one was they started taking supplements and herbs to detox their body and that's different for each individual they each have their own approach um, and each person would need to determine the things that they need to put into their body or the things they need to take out of their body so it's just
0: on that one is, is there a resource that you know for that like who would help you be able to determine which supplements? To take any thought on that, or maybe anybody knows?
1: Well, probably a, a naturopath or, or uh, somebody like that. Sociopath?
0: Other... A sociopath? Yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> I, they're not really that reliable. <laughs>
3: <laughs> I go to a woman who is a uh, an NP. N- Nurse practitioner. No. Nurse yeah. practitioner, yes. Oh, yeah. uh, she started out working in a um, allergy office, and there were people that she couldn't reach, she, she couldn't help, and she still wanted to. So she heard of alternative uh, approaches. She tried a few of them, and, it started, and she started getting successes with it. And some of the doctors in the office said, keep going, and some of them said, don't, we don't like this. Uh, she eventually went out on her own, but she has the full training from, uh, her being an MP and she's been into all these alternative, uh, supplements and, and whatnot for, I don't know how long now, but she is, is marvelous. She can order a blood tests to check how you're doing to, uh, determine, well, you need to eat more of this food or you need this supplement or take take that one out now um but where you find someone who has both of those backgrounds i don't know but it, it's worked out great to matter
1: so, so please yeah uh,
0: continue yep thank you sorry
1: the uh third thing uh that she mentioned uh more along an emotional spiritual line was uh to really give a lot of thought to our thoughts. Um, Our thoughts are key in any kind of uh, healing process. And there are those thoughts that help us and those that hinder our immune system. Um, So if we increase our positive emotions, if we laugh, smile, those things are always helpful. Um, and that patients who have a great fear from their diagnosis, um, they really need to focus on getting rid of that fear, which is easier said than done, of course. But even, even if they can do this for just five minutes per day, uh, not be lost in that fear, that's helpful. And then try to build on that, you know, as, as they go along. Um, I guess through therapy, releasing suppressed emotions that um, keep you from living in the present moment. Um, I think in order to heal, you must be in the present moment. You can't be in the past. You can't be in the future. You're right now letting yourself heal. Um, there's the uh, universal, chi or ki, the universal life force, the universal energy um, that flows throughout the universe, that flows through us. And when it flows through us, unhindered, we're healthy. If there's some reason within us that it's blocked, that's when we become unhealthy. And she mentioned that there are several different ways to focus on these blockages that, that we can try to unblock. Um, <clears throat> um, another thing is to follow your intuition, you know, your, your gut. Follow your intuition, what, what it says to do. Um, if, you know, if, if the doctor wants you to do something you think is just really, really wrong for you, you know, you've, you've got to make that decision. Um, and, and you accomplish that by listening to the reptilian part of your brain, the, the one that, uh, you know, the fight or flight thing, the one that our base, uh, instincts to, for survival and cancer forces us to, to use that mode and we need to use that mode as opposed to the frontal cortex, which is where we do our high reasoning. And, you know, I've got to do this today. I've got to, you know, my, you know, this tomorrow, our planning and that sort of thing. Listen to your base, what it's saying to do. Should I do this treatment or not? You know, just, you've got to listen to that. Again, I think it's part of your intuition, your, your gut. You really need to pay attention to that and not just blindly follow anything that you're told to do. Um, and she also mentioned that the, those two parts of the, of the, the brain, the, the two different ways of thinking, you're either in one or the other. They're, they're mutually exclusive. You're either in that reptilian part of your brain, which is your base survival instinct thing, or you're in the intellectual part. You can't be in both simultaneously. So basically just to pay more attention to to the reptilian part of your brain is basically that one. Um, Of course, deepening your connection to to spirit, to God, Um, finding a way to quiet your mind, to meditate, um, to create um, emotional, spiritual connections with with other people, Um, come to a deep peace, and eventually to become undaunted by anything. You know, again, perhaps the, you're not being afraid of dying is a, is a big help. Um, the next thing was to, they all feel divine love through their meditation. They feel connected with spirit, with God. Um, when you do this, your pituitary glands release endorphins, serotonins, and dopamine. And that's all helpful with the healing process. Um, Another is the outpouring of love from family and friends. Uh, Perceiving strong social support is really key. Uh, This helps to release oxytocin, which uh, really helps build up your immune system. Um, Another common factor with people that have the spontaneous remissions is they all have a strong reason to live whether that be you know the, you know I want to finish writing the book I want to you know I've got to you know or write a play or I've got to uh, build this uh, uh, shed in the backyard or I've got to build this house for my son or or you know whatever it is some some major you need to find some reason why you need to live and latch on to that and hold on to that and, and let that help pull you forward um and then lastly the just the recommendation taking control of your health take charge of your treatment what define what your cure is do your research Um, empower yourself and never feel helpless. And and do all that you can do uh, towards your recovery. And those are the basic nine things that she found in common. And when I, when I listened to her speak, I was just overwhelmed. I thought, I mean, it just really with, with such great brevity puts it all in a nutshell. If we could do these things, those of us who have our afflictions, I think that's the way, the best way to overcome. And I don't think that violates anybody, any religion, any anything at all to, to want to uh, have that strong connection with God.
0: Bruce, that's a fantastic list and your summary there to me was really perfect. It sums it up well. Is, is that that list sums up? Here, here's a to-do list, really, that you could start off with and do that. And Richard, your thoughts is is uh, thoughts comments on healing. There's
3: nothing wrong with me. I'm fine. Everything's good. <laughs> no problems. Forget it. Don't. I don't talk about. That's yeah. what I learned in my childhood. Just, you don't talk about anything. You don't deal with anything and, and you die of it for some in some way later on. Uh, and looking at and listening to you guys talk and thinking back on, you know, what do I have to deal with? And I've been very, very, very fortunate uh, to not have a lot physically going on that's interruptive to me. Um, have a little atrial fibrillation that's hereditary, but it's it's light enough they're doing nothing about it. They just say but, okay you're getting along you'll, you'll get along then but the thing that is an ongoing problem for me is much like you, Mike, I grew up in a in a difficult uh difficult situation uh, an alcoholic <coughs> family, uh, alcoholic stepfather, and uh, a very reticent, distant father. Uh, and I just ended up having to being exposed to too much from too early to too late, just this long, 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 uh, long area, an interval. Uh, 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 you know, a couple of decades of uh, just e- emotional, what I want to call emotional abuse. And it has left me with an anxiety that's expressed in uh, uh, the, it, it just, it interrupts a lot of what I'm trying to do. I've got to work myself up to do get up and do a, a show, you know, get up and do a talk. Uh, I'm getting very much more comfortable with doing these but the fear that it generated in me my response was a sense of this will end my existence that the, the fear is so strong and so deep and from such a very very young age that it it's the when i look at it it looks inter- looks like it will whatever it is i'm fi- fearful of, will end my existence. Not death, where you go on and meet Tom and all these other people and everything's great, but end my existence, just gone, done. (laughs) And that's what's way in the back of my head uh, too much of the time. And what I have found that is working for me is connected with Krista uh, last week is that sense of giving love to uh, of the people who, who were most uh, important to me in those years. The, my father made up for everything in the last few months of his life. My stepfather sent me a gift some years after he had passed that let me understand that my understanding of it was, oh, that's how he really, saw me but could never express it uh, my mother's has come back several times uh, my older brother who had been in an immense mean streak throughout his life uh, has apologized just so heartfeltly that if, if you mention something that happened way back you can just see him sink he just it takes the heart out of him to think where he's going, oh my God, I really did that. And the last person that I have to uh, work with is my next younger brother who has still not been able to have the courage to give an honest, actual apology. And that he is my, my biggest spiritual challenge right now is for me to form a picture of him in my mind and love him as he is with all the manipulative things he's done to all so many people in his life and and to me as well, uh, to just love him as he is anyway.
2: So Richard, think of him as a Uh, cancer. Yeah, very much. You know, think of him as yeah. cancer, and because that's the root. You know, because you're you maybe you haven't got it now, but the things that Bruce is telling us is not even if you already have cancer, maybe you don't, but these patterns will eventually build up and cause, as you say, you know, the big one. Yeah. And um, so maybe just thinking of him as as an illness in yourself. Not him as an illness, but you know, as a cancer, uh, and loving that the same way that we're talking about take taking that on as a healing. It'll help you if not him,
3: you know. Yeah, this is what's, this is what's actually happening is <clears throat> it's difficult for me to do the loving of him, but when I make it, I change. You know that's I I I haven't seen him in since September of last year, <clears throat> uh, so I don't know where he is. What's what's happening with him? But but I've changed.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: I'm that little bit more at ease that I would than I would have been had I not done this work. And where the if you want to have tech, think of technique at all. It's like trying to remember what, at what point or what time or what was the feeling where my heart was most warmed. You know, the birth of my children or something happening with a loved one where I, I could truly feel my heart expanding. I do that for him. I, I allow that to occur within me with his image in mind so it's for him and that changes me and allows me to go through my life with that little bit less anxiety as i go along that i i in in if i do a healing for someone i do a similar thing it's uh you know imagine if if it's for the person or for person part of your body or whatever, if I can imagine what a spleen looks like or something like that, and then just put that imagery in my mind, and then whatever, whatever depth and warmth and beauty of love I can generate within me, share it with that. That would be, that's my main challenge at this point in life. Wow. <clears throat> Richard, I, I,
0: we do link up on this and, uh, you may have to correspond more. We should, we should touch base, you know, ourselves and connect because I so much can relate to that. And, and, and actually I, I think we should do a session on that too, because I know there are others, you know, there's a lot of others that, that really confront this and from a number of different reasons or causes and, uh, and I very much appreciate your sharing this along with each of you each each of us, really just opening up to the world and sharing our stories. I think that that's outstanding and I want to sort of come back to that and build on it. A couple of thoughts that I have first related to cancer um you know it's it's interesting I'm going to just share my screen um here, walk through a few things that uh initially is 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 Anita Morjani. So for those who are look or read or review near-death experiences, well worth listening to her story. Uh, She has her book, Dying to Be Me. She's frequently is on the talking circuit, Uh, was discovered by Wayne Dyer, A real heartwarming story of of their own connection. And and her story is is quite amazing, is that uh, she had cancer and it was just, riddled with it, stage four across her body uh, and was in the hospital and dying from it uh, and was really literally on her last legs um, and died, died from it. Uh, and, but yeah, had a near death experience and sort of the thing that that uh, uh, is this unique aspect of her story and it's all documented by the doctors and everything is, is that within literally she came back and literally within, I forgot the time span, a couple of weeks or something, she was cancer free. And of course, you know, and baffled every doctor, physician, you know, involved with the treatment, whatever says, how could this be? Uh, and it just literally was this, this, this just spontaneous healing. And and that's her thing, is she now goes out and talks about it as, as it relates to cancer, you know, primarily as a fear. Uh, and that's what she discovered for herself. She did a lot of activities. She talked about yoga and eating, but she said that what she came to realize in her experience is that she'd never dealt with the underlying fear. Uh, and that was really the cause from that. in her near-death experience, that was confronted and dealt with, which was a part of her reason for coming back. And so that's, that's one aspect of fantastic story. Um, I, Elizabeth Hay... Uh, has a book here, you can see, You Can Heal Your Life. I mean, this goes back into the 70s and 80s, um, Hay House. Uh, and I th- that's, she is the founder of Hay House, Louise Hay. Uh, and she had a book, Love, uh, No, uh, um, You Can Heal Your Life. And what's unique about it is, is, I have just one of the pages there, is that for each kind of an illness, she relates to it as a cause and an affirmation something that you can repeat and and share to yourself. And over time to repeat that fervently and with the belief and grow that belief into it to be that this is the truth, uh, rather than replacing this old unhealthy belief, you know, that that would help in healing. So there's some great things. And I think that's still, you know, still commonly used out there. Uh, Mother Mirror, by the way, um, look it up on just Google or YouTube. So, here's some of the uh, sessions. I've yet to listen to her. I've heard about it a number of times. And so, I, I purposely I looked this up because I, I, I want to um, take a stab at this as well. And going way back was Dr. Bernie Siegel uh, in his book, Love, Medicine, and Miracles. And this goes back yet yeah, published 1986. And it actually to me came from a vice president a great friend of mine uh, back at that time in my days of working at Kodak and for some people I'd have to explain what Kodak is and what they, what they did, but, <laughs> but what they, uh, you know, and, and uh, so the uh, vice president there had uh, uh, brain cancer uh, prognosis for six months and beat it. And, you know, since then he, you know, he, he read the book, Dr. Bernie Siegel, Love Medicine, Miracles. And, and he comes up with a lot of what similar to what Bruce had mentioned with respect to the quotes or the nine things to do, he had early studied and he goes, what's the difference between those who beat the prognosis and those who you say six months to live in six months often passed away. And he said there was, he said, he called them exceptional patients. Uh, and he said there was a separate and unique set of behaviors that he was identifying. And again, Bruce, your, your list is, is, is perfect you know, for that as well. And I just love this quote. Um, this is something that, 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 Bruce, you brought up, you know, and in yours this is that you have to take it in your own hands. And I think the pitfall is, is that we turn it over to the doctors you know, and, and do everything that they say is as if they've really got the answer when, as Bernie Siegel said, and as one of the the, the, the nine things to do, Bruce said is, is to take charge. And you know, his comment here is, is a quote, long term survivors had poor relationships with their physicians, as judged by the physicians. They asked a lot of her questions and expressed their emotions freely, meaning that they were taking charge, they, would, they wanted to know, they grilled the doctor, they challenged the doctor. And Bruce, I recall you're about of going through cancer is in our conversations as taking charge of that as well. So just, just some, uh, some thoughts and resources for those who are dealing with cancer as well as dealing with anything and just that mindset. And I just want to piggyback on Richard. I know we did the show, and Richard, thanks for attending. You know the modern day vision quest. I really had a chance to go in depth to really share my story. Um, and and similar to Richard, as he mentioned, is his going through the abuse. And and I think it's it's hard for others to understand. Just like for me, cancer is hard to understand because I haven't had it. You know, but abuse and things, particularly at a young age, you know, can really mess you up. And I know that I still I still have aspects and you hit it right on the head, Richard, um, said that m- my immediate response and it's that PTSD I've been diagnosed with and the long list of anxiety and other things that came from really torture. This is the best really way to describe it. Um, you know, it still messes me up today. It's that immediate response and I work on it and I work on it work, and I still will, I'll, I'll be working on it till I end this life. And, you know, and it's that process of of really working through that immediate response. And and just like you, Richard, fear is is related to that because that's, for me, what was always the thing is, is I never knew. I never knew when the abuse was gonna happen. And so as a result, I had to live in a constant state of high awareness to attempt to try to watch and monitor behaviors that I I came to learn were indications that all hell was gonna break loose. And, you know, of course that messes up. I mean, it messes up when you're a kid, right? A young kid kind of thing. So again, Richard, thank you for sharing that. And and we should talk and maybe even do a session on that to help reach out to others because it's it's something that, I've come a long way, I still got a long way to go. And, and from what I, I really gathered, this is I could appreciate what my counselor said, is it it's, it's nothing really you're gonna get rid of. It's just, you're going to use that awareness to, to, to deal with it and cope with it because it's buried so deep. Not to give up that there's, there's always a chance of a miracle and other things, but just practically speaking, um, those things are, are lifelong very often in nature.
3: I remember uh, Barbara Whitfield talking about difficulties she had uh, as a young woman. And with her near-death experiences, she got what she called a spiritual bypass for a while. Where she was spiritually so high that those things didn't affect her life. But after a while, you come back down and you normalize and you, be, and you have to deal with it. Again, and you still have to deal with that. And I remember watching Tom Sawyer go through the same thing. You know, after a while, for him, as his health deteriorated and his spiritual abilities lessened, the old Tom was coming back a little bit more and a little bit more. Uh, It's just, as you say, it's something you really have to work at. Yeah.
0: So, you know, everybody, uh, Bruce, Tom, your accounts with cancer, absolutely. Thank you. I, it's gracious of, of the willingness to be able to share and, and share the thoughts because obviously, Bruce, as you said, it's a very prevalent disease out there today. And, you know, there's, there's hope for that as there is everything. And I think that's the, the thing we need to do and, and hopefully like with sessions like last time uh, with Krista and, and the near death experiences, which we gotta find some more to be able to bring on because they're just such a helpful reminder because Tom, I think you really hit it on the head is is one of the most powerful beliefs that I think you can have and I think that's when in, in the, sh- the show that I had on the modern day vision quest sort of my quest my spiritual journey and stuff from from the origins of the trauma to, to you know what I learned along the way and how I learned it uh, but the essence of it is is, is that you know it's is this belief is, is this belief and as I said you know people ask me so what you know you said the meaning of life you know what is it what is it And I said that's it that it's simply there's meaning to life and I could get all intellectual and talk about, karma and all these kind of things there but frankly i i don't choose to because that's to me a belief and probably some of this some of that but more importantly there's meaning to life and there's something afterwards that's all i need to know and that's my core that i go to you know in any of my uh experiences that that even to today to do with and i think that's a powerful thing is is it's important, and near-death experiencers like Tom was for us, you know, are really instrumental to be able to help people um, understand that there is something if they choose to believe. And there's now more and more of them telling their stories, giving greater, greater evidence um, that that this there's really something to that. Yeah. Tom Bruce, any?
2: Yeah. There's there's. Um... The message that, that comes to me is the idea of being a victim. And that if, if you see yourself as the victim of your illness or the victim of your circumstance, rather than taking charge of it, like Bruce says, uh, to, to move it. So you're not the victim, you're the conqueror. You're, you're the one that's, you're overcoming. You're, you are taking the challenge of overcoming all of the negativities that the world lays out there in all of its glory uh to try and and squash you know all of this love there there's this force that seems to be oh we don't want all that love and all this you know and all that lovey dovey stuff that's all you know there's this force that that we tend seem to have to resist you know and push against sometimes and rather than being suppressed and the victim of that we we move forward and and push it aside and you know become the victor.
0: Well said, and I appreciated your comments before Bruce commented. We all did. Is his uh, the true Santa under you coming out because your healing was outward focused, which I think is is you know we often think of healing ourselves and healing. Within and you added a different dimension to it, which is really to begin that with healing others, which help to heal yourself.
2: That's the only way, because we are interconnected, and you're not going to heal yourself if you if you are just thinking about yourself. It becomes too self-consuming, and that. I,
0: you how are you interconnected to me right now?
2: Actually, um I, I feel this I, i'm feeling that fender man i'm telling you that the fender is like got you know <laughs> this,
3: <laughs> oh,
0: okay all right well now I, now that i know what that hemorrhoid is is his is bruce. <laughs> <laughs> oh no bruce your thoughts
1: well Just to chime in, I mean, given a choice between death and life, I choose life. Given a choice between fear and love, I choose love. And, you know, if we can apply those principles to our entire life, approach everything with that, I think we're doing it the best that we can do.
0: Fantastic. And Richard, again, thank you. You know, I think it's funny, the thing that we share in common is is that we both utilize humor, um, sort of approach ourselves, you as the clown, right? You know, sharing that side. And that was my survival mechanism is, is I would just help make others laugh and, you know, bring in joke and laughter to that, which was my sort of healing technique in terms of just getting to this point of levity there too. And so we'll have to, I, I think, again, we've got to see Richard dressed up in one of these sessions.
3: I don't do all the makeup and every, everything anymore. <laughs> I gave that up many, I did it for a few years, gave it up because once once you paint a face on, can't change your expression. I had, so many other expressions I wanted to portray in my clowning is well, take the makeup off. Then pretty soon the crazy colors come off. So I look the, the the um the bib overhauls I wore one in one of our sessions. That's my costume. That in a bowler hat. Yes. <laughs> that's
0: fantastic. So Father Tom, you wanna to close us with
3: Father
2: Gip. That's Father Gip. Hey.
0: Father, yeah. hi,
2: Father Dip, <laughs> D-I-P. That's spelled D-I-P. Yep. Father Dip, you had to be there.
3: And <laughs> <laughs> it was worth it. <laughs> it's it's
2: just, it's another story we'll get into one day.
0: So you want to close us out with a, a nice healing
2: thought? Um, you know, if, if you can realize that you're not alone, that we are all interrelated and that your challenge is my challenge, but also your healing is my healing, that everything that I do to help me to heal helps you to heal and vice versa.
0: Great thought. All right, everybody, until next time, here's to your healing and the ripple effect that you create with that healing. Till next time.